What's up? Welcome to episode number 150 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm super excited for today's guest. Before we dive into this juicy conversation, I want to remind you that our theme for the month in the Savvy Social School is all about mindful marketing. We're kind of going the opposite direction about the hustle culture of doing all of the things and really tuning in to what works for you. So if you want to get a really great foundational strategy to what works for you on social media, head on over to our free course. You can find it by going to onlinedrea.com slash free and it gives you a strong framework and one that is customizable to your needs as a coach, consultant, service provider, or online business owner. So check that out for yourself for free. It's a really good example of what's available in the school. Now today, I'm super excited because we have Kristen Westcott on the show. She is a business growth and system strategist who has really spent the last decade in legal and educational fields supporting leaders and students in the areas of global setting, productivity, and project management. After recognizing her true passion lives in serving entrepreneurs, Kristen honed her skills as a director of operations. She quickly noticed what was holding many business owners back wasn't a lack of drive or ability, but the lack of foundational systems, which is what we're going to talk about today. These systems that support the day-to-day operations of scaling a business and doing all of the things we do as coaches, copywriters, and creatives, and kind of ditching that frustration that massive growth can bring. And total side note, Kristen and I just realized we are in the same area in the world, which is crazy in this online marketing space. Uh, Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Yes. And I'm excited to just talk and connect with other business owners. I know we'll get into the social side of things, but I'm curious how you got started in building your online business. Well, it's been quite a journey. It started, I guess, back after I had my second daughter and I was having some postpartum health issues. And, you know, whenever you start to Google things, Google targets you with ads. And so I ended up actually getting into the health coaching space in the online industry. And that was my very first kind of introduction to this whole new world that I had no idea had existed prior to that. And for various reasons, that didn't end up being my big passion um, of what I was great, what I was really you know, kind of built to do. And I ended up spending more time in the Facebook groups, supporting the other coaches in growing their businesses and figuring out what was coming next and their customer journey. And, you know, all of the kind of pieces that you don't realize you have to know when you, when you actually want to grow a business, you know, from your passion. And from there, I had to stop and think of like, what? I have no clients. Why do I have no clients? Oh, because I'm not marketing myself. I'm spending all of my time building everybody else's business. Um, and that's where I realized like something just kind of clicked, like all these things I'd been doing in corporate, all of the stuff that had been leading up to that. And then now this introduction to the online space, this is where it all merged and all came together. And so from there, I, you know, took a couple of courses. I got certified as a director of operations, and I actually started formally charging people for what I had been doing in those Facebook groups of helping them really 
figure out how to grow their business with some strategy so that they were doing the things that were going to have a big impact on their business rather than just trying to do all of the things and wondering why, why it's not working. Right. I'm sure you hear this all the time. People always say, I don't have time. I don't have time. I can't do all of the things. And you shouldn't be doing all of the things you should be doing the things that are really important to your business growth for whatever your niche is, whatever your industry is and whatever works for you and your audience. And so that's now what I get to do is kind of, it's been a long, a long journey to get there from 2017 to now, but uh, I'm definitely where I'm supposed to be now because I just, it just lights me up every day that I get to kind of talk to these people online. Yes. And you know, we need people who have this organizational skill set in our businesses. I remember when I hired my first operations, um, I guess OBM would be the right word for this. And I wasn't quite sure like the specific things this person would do because I still couldn't wrap my head around that. All I knew was that my friends, my business colleagues in this space were like, you need this person in your life. Totally changed how I look at my business, how I look at my systems, how I look at even simple things like onboarding a new team member. Um, All of those things kind of like got tightened up by having this person on board. So, you know, for those people who are listening, can you describe some of the tasks that directors of operations people do? Yeah. So again, it it varies from business to business, but at the big scale thing, we manage the people, (laughs) your team members, that kind of stuff. We manage your projects and we manage your processes and we figure out how to make all of those things work together in a way that's really efficient so that you have the right people doing the right tasks, that your processes have things happening in an order that is most efficient, right? That you don't have excess steps that don't need to be there. And then we make sure that your projects are moving on time. So whatever that looks like, if you want to relaunch a new website, if you want to launch a particular product, or even just kind of just even some evergreen promos, making sure that all of those steps are kind of happening in a way that creates the space for everyone to have, to be able to do what they do best without feeling pressured and overwhelmed to always get things out last minute, right? We don't want to be creating our social post that's going to go live, supposed to go live in five minutes. (laughs) We want to have a process in place so that these things are kind of ready to go. We can double check for typos, find the right hashtags, whatever that looks like. Oh, yes. I'm all about that and planning ahead. It just, I used to think I was this free spirit who was like, I'm just going to open the app and see what I feel inspired. No, no, no. Inspiration is better when there's like a time and a space for it. Imagine that. Um, So let's, let's talk a little bit about that because you're a huge fan of batching content. So What's the first thing that we need to think about when we're starting to, you know, create content in batches that we can then use on social media? Okay. So when I say create your batch of content, for some people, this might be a month. For some people, this might be two weeks. Some people might be six weeks. So you have to pick a period when you're first starting. If you've never batched before, batching a whole month of content might be overwhelming. But if you can even batch two weeks and then eventually start kind of expanding that, And then to batch in order in a way that you can be consistent. So if you have always put out something like a once a week um, live video or a once a week pre-recorded video or something like that, making sure you're batching enough to stay consistent with that. 
sometimes what I see when people start batching is they start to say, oh, well, now I can do two videos a week because I'm batching all of this kind of stuff. But you want to make sure that you're keeping it in that pace that is going, you're going to be able to keep up long-term, right? Because you might try to add something else into your business or you're taking on more clients. You want to be able to kind of stay with that consistent cadence. So that's kind of the first thing is to don't get super excited about this that you think, oh my goodness, now I can just create all of this content and then you don't create a sustainable system. But the second thing is we know from what happened in 2020 that things change fast. We've had a lot of social movements arise. There's all kinds of political things happening in the world and we never know from day to day. And so when you're batching content, it's best to batch more evergreen type content. So your how-tos, your top tips, you know, maybe things about you personally or behind the scenes, things like that that are not likely going to change in, in a political context. Um, that way, you, when you have this stuff pre-batched and ready to go, that frees up your time to be able to respond in the moment to something else that's happening. So you might have like a top five ways to do something, go out live on the Monday, and then on Tuesday, something happens in the news, you're now able to go on and interact with your audience in a way to be able to kind of respond to what's going on in the moment because you have that space and that freedom of that pre-batched content. The other thing is, and I know we could talk about this, but I use a, a content planner. I use Planoly for my content planning. You can hop in and you can pause the things that you have scheduled, right? So it's so much easier to go in and pause what you have pre-scheduled than it is to try and create brand new content on the fly that is in alignment with what's going on in the world at that particular time. And then you have that content to move around to another day. So if you've created evergreen, then it doesn't matter if it goes live in March or April. If you, if you have to move that content to really address what's going on in the world, it's very easy for you just to kind of slide it into a future spot and not lose the time and effort that you've put into creating that content. Oh yes. 2020 definitely taught us to be flexible <laughs> for sure. Um, and I love that you use Planoly. We are a huge fan of Planoly here at my company, both for our clients, because you get to see the grid and see how everything's laid out on Instagram, but also for our students in the school who like using that tool as well. So I will put my link in the show notes for Planoly for those of you who want to try it out. Um, great, great tool for planning. I want to dig into this batching a little bit more because I think it's a great idea, but in practice, a lot of us get stuck. And I like that you kind of mentioned that with like, you know, trying to bite off more than we can chew essentially by going, I'm going to do this whole month of content. And then we get exhausted because our other things happen because we're busy business owners. So I want to talk about some of the things that you kind of use to facilitate batching or some suggestions you have for batching. Um, one of the things that comes up often for my clients and students is the actual content itself. So writing the caption and designing the graphic for social media. What tricks do you have for kind of a workflow for doing those things or even just tips for how we can start thinking about working on those things in tandem? Yeah. So when I'm designing content, I like to design it to be able to be flexible on multiple platforms. And so one of the things I'll start is usually at the beginning of the quarter, I try and think of, okay, what are the themes that are coming up? So as we're starting second quarter, so we're going to be in May here, but you're going to be middle of the quarter when this goes live, but just start thinking like, 
okay, it's springtime, you know, people are thinking about this. In June, we're starting to think about wrapping up school, heading into summer, maybe getting outdoors. So start to think of what kind of spin you can put on some of your content that might align a little bit with that particular season. And so I do this quarterly, I sit down and I think, okay, what are kind of the themes that are coming up? And if you have no idea, then you can just kind of scroll back in Instagram or just go to Pinterest is what I usually do. I usually go to Pinterest and I just kind of type in different themes because Pinterest is usually a few months ahead of many of the other social platforms. And so you can kind of go there and see what's going to be trending in the next couple of months. And then from there, I start to pinpoint just a few keywords. Um, and so I like to batch, I, I do a research batch uh, day where usually for me, it's not a whole day, just a couple of hours where I block off time in my calendar and I sit down and I look at, okay, if these are my themes, let's look at what are some keywords around this. And keywords are great for Pinterest, for YouTube, for Google ranking, but they also give you a general idea of what kind of hashtags might also be associated with that particular type of content. And so in doing that research, you're gonna be able to repurpose it on multiple different platforms. And then from there, you can start to see some patterns in that keyword research. If you are brand new to batching, one of the things I suggest is you start with a higher level topic, right? Like five ways to spring clean your business, okay? And so then your first piece of content can be just a general high level overview of the five different ways that you can spring clean your business. Your second piece of content that maybe is gonna drop the following week takes one of those ways and dives deeper into that. So this is where you can incorporate some more of your keywords, some more examples, some more stories. Then maybe the next week you might take another piece. And then the third week might be a, a client success story of someone who you've helped do something that's in one of those five ways. And so you can take that one overall topic that you've done and the research that you've done on that topic and just dive deeper into certain components. And then from there, you know this and your students know this, right? But then you take little clips of that content. You take little quotes, little pieces, and those start to become your captions for your social media. And so that's where I go. And then the graphics are usually the last thing that I do. <laughs> so I will batch the research. Then I will batch outline everything that I need pulling into. I can't shoot a video blind. I have to like I have to have. So I use a post-it note method where I put my points across the screen right at the top of my camera. And so then I look at point one and I talk and I look at point two and then I talk. And so I will batch my outlines and then I do a batch recording day on a day that my kids aren't home. <laughs> and then from there I go and I take that, those points. I go through and I'm like, okay, I can pull out this quote and I can pull out this quote and these three things can become captions. Um, or I'll also make note of, oh, this is a really great thing to pull in my Instagram stories when this drops this particular day. And so those kinds of things I'll then do in another day, I'll sit down and I'll go through my content and I'll pull those pieces out to start creating that. And then once I know what those captions are, then I can go find a good graphic to go with it, right? Am I, am I gonna use a GIF? Am I, gonna use, am I gonna turn this more into a reel? Am I gonna use a carousel story? Like what type suits this particular small piece of content best? And so the graphics are the last thing that I create before I go and then load all everything into Planoly together. Oh my gosh. I hope y'all were taking notes because this, I love the specificity of this process because it feels repeatable and it feels like you're really thinking hard about maybe one topic. And then it's just repurposing, recycling some of those concepts using different illustrative stories and different, um, even different messaging deliverable, like 
types, whether it's a carousel or a video or that sort of thing. I love this. Um, and it kind of sounds like video is the, maybe like the first piece of content you create. Would you say that's true? For me, it is. Um, my audience resonates really well with video, but again, you have you have to know your audience. Some people are long form content, so it would be written other people's audio. So once you know your audience, then you can create that first piece of long form content in that best format. But for me, that becomes video. Okay, great. I love that. I love that because I think it really taps into what's working well on social media right now as well, which is video content, but then you're repurposing it into other formats as well, which is just a beautiful thing. Um, how much time would you say this, this whole process takes you? Again, it depends if you're batching two weeks versus if you're batching a month or whatever. But like I said, I do about two hours of research at the beginning of the quarter, right? So that's once for the quarter that I sit down and I do that research on those topics. And then each month that I'm sitting down to badge, it takes me probably about two hours to outline things from that research for four pieces of content. Um, and then from there, like I said, I'll batch shoot the videos and it depends on how picky you are. I'm a one and done kind of girl. Okay. Like me too. <laughs> if I stumble on my words, I just kind of correct and keep going because my audience expects that they just, they've come to know that as part of who I am and part of my brand. And so I'll sit down and I'll shoot it and it'll take me half a day to shoot the videos because, and by half a day, I mean like maybe a couple of hours because each one's about 10 minutes. I reset or I change in between or whatever. Um, so I set aside a half day to do that. And then if your audience does like written content, you can always send that video content to Temi to be transcribed. Now it's a robot transcription service. It's not perfect, but it certainly gives you the gist of it for you to be able to pull for your captions, um, saving you even more time. So I do that. I send it to them while I'm having lunch or whatever. And then I can come back in the afternoon and take those transcripts and really pick and pull from that to see what needs to happen. And if I know that I want to then create a short reel or a short video from that, I'll do that in the afternoon. So I'll be like, oh, I don't know if there's a place that I can actually clip <laughs> my live video, but I could just do a, hey, here's what we're covering in today's IGTV, check it out below. And I'll shoot that the very same day. So that at the end of that one day, I've got all four videos done. I've got some short intro clips for my stories. I've got maybe one or two reels. I'm working on it. Reels, reels are a challenge for me. I'm working on it. Um, and then I've got some of, like, I've got the transcriptions. I can start to pull all of those pieces together. So that takes a full day for me for the month. And then it depends on how picky you are with your graphics. I have templates in Canva. And so I just kind of whip my graphics up pretty quickly. I like to do my graphics in the evening or on a Friday when I'm like tired of doing all of the other things that require thinking. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I'm a huge fan of Canva and templating and just make it easy on yourself. Like why you already have to do so much work with creating all the rest of the content. Um, I want to come back to reels because I think that's an interesting conversation as well, because a lot of us are in that space of trying to figure it out. Um, it's so new, right? But I want to talk for a second about what you do as this content is coming out. So like how much time would you say, or what's your strategy for um, responding to comments and messages and kind of building your community as this content is actually posting? Yeah. So that's why I love the pre-scheduling because then when I actively go on Instagram, you know, then I can act, I can spend the time engaging. And so I know there's this debate about, do you pre-schedule? Do you post natively? What's the algorithm think? I'm not worried about that because for me, my whole purpose on Instagram is to build 
an engagement with people, like engage with real people. I don't care necessarily about the vanity metrics of how many likes I have on there. It's just, it's like, how many people can I have these conversations with? And so I set aside 30 minutes a day, it's usually on my lunchtime. So I'll have lunch and then I'll spend some time on Instagram as my, my midday treat. Um, and I sit down and because my content's been pre-posted, I get to go on and just actively engage with people. And if my content doesn't have a whole lot of stuff happening, then I go and engage on other people's content or I comment on other people's story or watch other people's reels and leave messages for them, um, which then usually they respond back to you in the DMs or something like that. And I can start a real conversation. And so I block 30 minutes a day for that. Um, like I said, around my lunchtime to give myself a bit of a break. And then if I'm being honest, I sometimes do this in the evenings too. Even though I like to turn off in the evenings, I can't help it. I, I get on Instagram, I get scrolling. And um, when I'm scrolling, I'm usually also commenting and engaging with people there as well. Yes, I'm the same way. I have my set time and then bonus time at the end of the day. Because <laughs> um, it is a lot of fun. Like it's, you know, it's connection, especially I find because of this global pandemic, I'm not like connecting in other ways. So it's really my lifeline <laughs> for connecting with people. Exactly. Yeah. So can you talk to me a little bit about the goal that you have with, with all of this content production? Like, how do you see it really enhancing your business and, and helping you grow? Yeah. So my primary reason for being on social media is to create relationships in the online space. You know, it's not the same as brick and mortar where you have your customers come in and you can physically greet them and talk with them and, and have those kinds of conversations about what it is they're looking for. In the online space, we have to find a way to really create real relationships. And so that's my primary goal for Instagram. And so I know everybody's got their own goal, but that's mine. And so my goal is to get people to have a real conversation with me in the DMs. I love the audio app in the DMs because then I can hear their voice and they can hear my voice. And it starts to create more of that. I actually know you <laughs> from this person who just is like this little, little head with a, with a comment beside it on my screen. Right. And so that's my primary thing. And so it's been really great for me to create relationships, both with potential future clients, but also people who are, could be referral partners for me or just creating more real relationships with people in the online space, because as much as it's a huge world out there, people travel in the same circles. And, you know, the more people you can start to create those relationships with the stronger your community is going to be. So that's my primary goal. Second is I'd, lo I'd love to start selling more from the DMs, um, but my primary goal is really just nurturing those relationships. And then I guess the third piece for me would be to start um, establishing myself as the expert in the area, which is why the consistent content, because you never know when new people are going to be following you. They need to see that you know what you're talking about in relation to what the new things are, what's happening right now, right? The online space changes really fast. So those are my top three goals, relationships, sales, and then um, building myself as an expert. Yes. I love that. And I love the clarity on your goals. And I find that for those of you listening, get inspiration from these goals, because sometimes if we just go to the Instagram app or whatever our platform of choice is, and we go, I want to make all of the money tomorrow, we're going to feel disappointed by the outcome because that's a really hard thing to do. But these goals are long-term. They're, they're built into the fabric of what you're doing as a business, as an expert. And and they, they um, allow you to be consistent with the strategies that you're building because you know that they're aligned with your goals, which I love. Um, I want to end our conversation talking about reels because it's so new. 
obviously it's a, you know, an echo of TikTok and even now YouTube has shorts and other platforms are coming out with this style of content. Um, how, how are you finding it? How are you liking it? <laughs> well, to be honest, when they first came out and all it was, was the pointy ones and the dancing, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm old, right? Like, I, I don't get this. I don't like this. I, I got to be old now. Like I'm way out of touch with today's generation. <laughs> um, but now I'm starting to see different types of reels come out, right? Where it's, it's small, like sound bites of content and clips. And so I'm liking them a little bit more now. <laughs> now yeah. it's trying to figure out how can I say anything in 15 to 30 seconds because I am a long-winded talker. So that's my challenge right now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like I felt that way when I logged onto TikTok for the first time, because it just starts playing something. And I was like, oh my God, I can't, I cannot do this. So I like closed it, didn't open it for a few months and then came back to the app. And now I really enjoy it. But I did have that feeling where, you know, I'm 31. So, I, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm old per se. I definitely don't feel old until you go on TikTok and you go, oh, I'm ancient. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm 37. So a couple years ahead of you, but I was like, wow, I never thought I was this disconnected with today's youth, but oh my goodness, like this, I feel old when I'm not liking the pointy things. I was like, oh, yes. I gotta be, I'm like the grandma of Instagram, I guess. <laughs> the grandma of Instagram. I love that. But I, you know what? I love that you found your space with using these tools and that you didn't let that excuse of, you know, I saw people pointing and dancing and you knew that wasn't for you, but you still found a way to use the tool to really show up in that space. And it'll be interesting to see how they further develop Instagram reels as time goes on. Um, I think there's a lot of space there, you know, in comparing it with TikTok. I've probably said this before on this podcast, but the TikTok experience, like you can tell Instagram Reels is just trying to be TikTok and it's really not there yet. Um, the in-app editing is better. The discoverability is better. Just how people use, it's like less glitchy. It's, it's, there's a lot of things to improve, but I'm so excited for that new feature. And I'm glad that you're kind of playing around with it. Um, okay. Back on track. I want to give folks an opportunity to connect with you further. And I know that you have this uh, focus uh, framework that you want to share with our listeners. So tell us what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So what I hear from a lot of business owners is that they just, they don't have time to do all of the different things, right? Which is why I love batching content so that you can make sure you stay consistent. But depending on where you're at in your business, you really are going to be focusing on different things. And we can follow all these influencers on social media and then think we quote unquote should be doing what they're doing. And we don't always realize that, you know, they have a whole team of people behind them to be able to kind of do all of those things. And so what I did was I created a focus framework that helps entrepreneurs identify what are the areas that they need to be working on right now in their business. And so you self-select your phase of business. If you're a startup, if you're kind of very around the 50,000 mark, maybe you're still holding the nine to five and trying to kind of do this on the side. If you've hit six figures, but now you want to grow to multiple six, or if your like goal is scaling to the million. And so you self-identify from those four phases, and then you get a, a PDF that breaks down what you need to be looking at in terms of strategy, a couple tips on what strategy things you should be looking at, a couple things that talk about how you might need to be structuring your business or your days, a couple things that talk about your systems, like what systems you might be growing into right now, and then looking at what areas of support you might be looking at. Like now might be the time to look at a virtual assistant. Now might be the time to be 
looking at, you know, hiring a coach or something for this next level or this next phase of your business. And so sometimes we can get really caught up in taking courses or doing things that we're not quite ready for yet. And then that's when we start to feel really overwhelmed. And so this helps you really dial back and focus on what it is you need to be doing to grow at your particular phase of business. And so I'm super, super excited to be putting that one out there. Oh my gosh, you guys have to check this out. This sounds like such a valuable resource because so many of you are in so many different stages of business and this will help you focus on where you are now so that you can grow to where you want to be. The link to that will be in the description and in the show notes. You can find all of the things we talked about today at onlinedrea slash 150. And that's where you'll find this um, focused framework uh, resource for you. Kristen, thank you so much for being on the show. This was such a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime I can talk about organization and back-end business, I'm all there. (laughs) I love it. And for those of you listening to the show, I do want to remind you to subscribe, follow, rate, and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. We have been uh, trying to maintain our top 100 spot in the marketing category, especially in the US and Canada. And we need your support to do that. We were there all of 2020 and we want to stay there for 2021. So head on over if you haven't already, leave us a little review, tell us what you think about the show. We truly appreciate it. And stay tuned because next week I'm talking all about marketing messaging and I'm gonna give you one of my favorite tools for creating messaging on social media so that you can actually write those captions a little bit faster as you're sitting down to batch your content. So stay tuned for that episode next week. I will see you then. Bye for now.